Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Michael Devine, whose uh, new show on HBO, uh, starring uh, Hugh Grant, whose hair I share, uh, starring also uh, Donald Sutherland. And uh, my God, her name escapes me. Um, hmm. um, the the main character, her name escapes me at the moment. Uh, uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. Yes, we're not going to do a take two. I want to show people how we do this live. So uh, Nicole Kidman is in there as well, and so is Michael. That show is on HBO. It's called The Undoing. Please welcome to the program, Mike Devine. Thank you very much, Alan. And how could you forget her name? She's Nicole I, I, Kidman. I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> no, I hear you. You got a bunch of names floating through your head at any, at any time. I understand. And, and I try not to write things down, which is a stupid thing, because I definitely have a ton of notes, and you know I have things that I want to ask you about. But... I just didn't write down her name. You know, Hugh Grant was in my mind just because I'm looking at my hair and then it went all south from there. So, you definitely have Hugh Grant hair. Yeah, um, I, I love Hugh Grant. My wife actually hates when I go and watch Hugh Grant movies because my actor ear immediately, uh, you know, copies the accent. And then I stay in that uh -huh. for two or three days and she just does not like it. So uh, <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, I can't. I love it. Uh, so, so do my kids. So, uh, you know, Hugh Grant, if you're watching, you're most welcome. We can share hair stories and uh, and do. Uh, I'll I'll do my best uh, to uh, to do a terrible British accent, and you can laugh at it. He um, was fantastic, to be honest. I, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but just while we're on the topic yeah. of Hugh Grant, what a nice guy. I, I was I was super impressed by him. I mean, just to be that um, much of a celebrity, that talented, that well known, but to be that nice a guy. He's so down to earth. I was so, I was so pleased. He, he made it a point and I, I was very impressed by this. Mm -hmm. He learned everyone's names and he called them by their names. That's which I, 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 you know, it's not, that, that's not easy to do. No. And that's a big set that you were on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very impressive. Um, yeah. I, again, I, I have not, you know, met Hugh. I haven't had a chance to interview him yet, but um, I, on the Instagram where we're connected, you see me posting uh, quotes of actors and I posted quite a few uh, from him. And in just looking at his uh, quotes kind of gives you a little bit of a uh, understanding of what his thinking is. And he doesn't, he doesn't seem like this, you know, uh, guy who views himself uh, above everybody else. He seems really as a grounded and good uh, guy. So I'm happy that you right. Yeah, very genuine. Very cool. And uh, again, Nicole Kidman, whose name we forgot. Sorry, Nicole, if you're watching this. Um, well, not sorry if you're watching this. Sorry <laughs> for forgetting your name. Um, Nicole Kidman is, is wonderful. Uh, that role, and again, I saw the trailer even before uh, kind of um, uh, I started doing uh, background and, uh, and really diving into your role there. I, just like everybody else, I saw the, uh, the trailers and I saw the advertisement uh, while I was watching whatever else I was watching on TV. And just seeing the trailer, I saw just the amount of the emotional work that she had to do. What yes. was it like to witness it in a scene with her? It was incredible um, from an actor's point of view. I, and, I, and I paid very close attention. Mm -hmm. She stays in character almost throughout uh, while the camera's rolling and, and off. There's so much preparation that I, I saw go into it, especially, especially this, the episode you're going to see this weekend. It's extremely emotional and we have some very intense scenes. And the, the, 
the more the scene progressed, the deeper she got. And it was also very interesting. And this is, it could be interesting for those actors listening. Mm -hmm. As the scene progressed and also as the camera got closer, mm -hmm. she was able to adjust her performance both in, um, in tandem with the, the progression of the scene where it goes from beat to beat, but also from a practical standpoint, because you know when we started, it was even though it's a small room, we're fairly wide. And when we uh, when you start wide, her performance, you're able actually like I am right now, you're able to use your hands, you're able to gesture. It's a slightly more theatrical, and I don't know if she was consciously doing this, but I was watching her. I'm like, okay, now she's a bit larger. And even though we we played the same lines, this, the same dialogue, her um. Her performance was larger. Then the camera moved a bit closer, and then her uh, performance was adjusted. And then, and as you've seen, the in the undoing, our wonderful director Suzanne Beer uses very, very close uh, camera angles. I mean, up to <laughs> including someone's eye or, or mouth. It's super close. And it was at that moment I just my jaw dropped because she went so internal because the camera's here, and she, you know, that any any gesture, if you blink, it's huge. So you have to be 100% internal. And I was just in awe watching that. And, uh, and, and also the amount of preparation that it took. There was a moment where I think, you know, she just needed time to herself. She literally faced a corner. And then this was as that scene was progression. She faced a corner so she can get everything out of, you know, her eye line. And then uh, she, that's what she needed to enter that space for that scene. And uh, the, it's, I'm realizing that it wasn't something you should turn on and off or you can turn on and off. Uh, I, for so many years, maybe it was just the, the roles that I was up for early on. I spent so much time mastering the art of the throwaway and acting, you know, uh, when, it, when your role is fairly, you know, inconsequential. But as my roles become more challenging, I, I'm starting to have to readjust and uh, one day I'd love to have a role like she's got where you really need that amount of work, but it, it pays off for, for, for anything, really. Wow, uh, that's, that's great. And again, it's a, thank you for mentioning it because it is really different and you have to um, modulate your performance depending on, on camera. So just, uh, I'm, I'm marveled by that, but by how you have to be uh, from an actor's perspective, how to, you have to embody the character and at the same time, understand the technical aspects and the professional uh, things that you have to worry about from the mark, from the camera, from uh, the different types of uh, shots and coverages. That, yeah, that's that's high level. Right. That's that's really absolutely. Cool. I, I was wondering if like if she's doing this consciously or not. I, I don't. I almost don't think so. I think it just comes so naturally at this point. Well. Um, Again, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I think the first time I saw her was uh, um, with, uh, with Tom uh, in, um, I, well, was it, uh, I don't remember if the first time uh, was in the, in the racing movie uh, or in uh, where they were, you know, the uh, Irish uh, kind of uh, immigrants where I saw her first. But um, I, I just, I remember kind of the first impression of, uh, thinking to myself, that's a really, really powerful actress from an emotional perspective. You can just right. see everything in her eyes. And I thought that's, that's just very good energy. So 
um, yeah, I, I, I'm not yeah. surprised, but that's that's really cool to watch. And <clears throat> I guess from the perspective of being in a scene when you are paying such close attention and you're marveled by the performance, uh, do you at any point kind of find yourself out of the scene and just kind of staring and thinking, wow, this is great and forgetting a little bit that you are the character and you have your own role to play? Actually, there were 100%. And there was a moment, actually in those same scenes, I guess, because those are the most intense, but there was, uh, and also it, we sh I shared the scene with, uh, I play Edgar Ramirez's partner. Yeah. And so um, there was a moment where Edgar was talking about how wonderful it is when everything does disappear because, you know, it's so, it can be so distracting when there's the whole crew in the room. But we, we were talking about from an actor's point of view, and it was a, a wonderful conversation. I'll never forget it. But I, Edgar said, it's just so wonderful when, when, when the room disappears. And, and Nicole agreed. And she talked about just how deep she goes into the role that it, your subconscious may or may not even recognize what's real and what's not. But they were just having this, you know, high caliber conversation. And I actually said, and I probably shouldn't have said this, and what, my response, my, my addition to that conversation was, I just can't believe I'm here with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, I, and, and they were both very sweet, but, uh, you know, I, um, I, 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 admittedly, you know, I'm, I'm the rookie on the, on the court. So, uh, um, but that also going back to that conversation in particular, it, it was amazing. And we almost said that, she, she said, and she was even uh, talking about having done Big Little Lies with Meryl Streep, that uh, you, you, you're sub, it's so interesting that your subconscious may or may not realize what's happening. And an actor of her caliber can, can develop PTSD because again, your, your subconscious doesn't know what, what's, what's real and what's not. So she, it's, she, she said, it's all about self-care and, and, uh, you know, uh, just finding escape from all that. She said, you know, it's, it's through jogging and, and time with her family, but she, she, uh, she, you have to control that too. That's, it's, it's incredible to think about. I never thought about that level of acting. Um, and that's, you know, one of my questions and where you're going with your career is you're going to do more and more and hopefully get a chance to do those uh, kind of roles. It's how do you find your way back to yourself? Because right. that's, that's where I, you know, certain roles I just don't take because I don't know if I'm strong enough in order to find my way back and to kind of you know, leave all of that energy behind of the character that I'm playing because, you know, I'm goofy and that's, that's kind of my baseline, but I get to, uh, I get asked to play a lot of dramatic characters and some of the dramatic characters I get to uh, ask to play uh, have a lot of darkness and it's the, it's the friendly neighbor who's going to kill you. Uh, it's, it's that type of thing. <laughs> and it's, it's fun to play, but there's, there's kind of that line, right? And there were, there were a few times when I was uh, offered a role of somebody who's a cult leader. Uh, and it's a person who takes pleasure in hurting others. I, I don't want to go there. I, I don't want to go in that energy because I don't know if I'm good enough at the moment to leave all of that and not let any of it affect who I am, then be able to kind of get rid of it. So uh, the fact that uh, Nicole, you know, jogging and spending time with family um, you know, those are things that I'll kind of uh, take for me. It's meditation, it's music, it's all sorts right. of things that I do. So, um, you know, find, find your own uh, way because you'll have to do this at some point. Yeah. In fact, I, I had an audition 
not long after we were shooting, it was for, uh, oh, I, I shouldn't even say the name of the show, but it was one of the, the most emotional roles I'd ever auditioned for. And it was mm -hmm. the role of a father whose um, son is brain dead. And the father has to make his last amends over the son's dead, half dead body. And it was this beautiful monologue. And I had to, and it's in the script says he begins to weep. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a challenge. But I spent hours and hours that almost that half that day just trying to mentally prepare. And I, I, I didn't know if it was going to happen or not in the room. I was even, you know, listening to, I've seen other actors do this. And the first time I tried it, putting in the earphones and listening to very sad music, mm -hmm. I, I was playing uh, uh, the, the epilogue from Les Miserables and, and, uh, um, there, uh, a, a couple other really stuff that songs that always made me cry. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I found that the headphones were very important just because to avoid those distractions. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was the, and I went in the room and I just, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I bawled and I left there going, yes. But um, it was the first time that I saw a, the, the, um, the effects of that level of preparation and, and also that it is, it's in me, it's possible to do. Because I would spend, sort of like meditation, you, you, you get to a point where your brain says, okay, meditating. And the moment you say that, you're taken out of it. And my mind would say, okay, I'm crying. And that would take me right out of it. But um, it, it was very reassuring to me. And I was quite proud of that, um, having reached that level where I, I actually no longer say, oh, look, I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, the next level after that is, you know, the audition is great. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, that you got there. The next level is doing that take after take after take on a set. Yes. And I will say I did not get that part, but I don't, I, I didn't care. It was one of the best auditions I ever had. And I, I was worried whether or not if, if I did get the part, if I was able to, to do that. I, I don't know. Um, and right. That's, that's the thing, right? And there, there are all sorts of uh, kind of techniques that people use. Uh, there is breathing, there is emotions. Some people do substitution techniques. Um, I found that substitution didn't really work for me because, uh, you know, I have kids. So I had to do a scene in which I was breaking down because the character's daughter committed suicide and he just found out about it. You know, um, I immediately think of my daughter, boom, take one, tears, I'm there. Take two, less. Take three, no tears. Take four, it's uh, starting to come back. So it was one of those kind of uh, thing. So um, yeah. it's not going to be on, uh, on every take. At least it's not for me. Uh, and then you can use other things. You can use uh, kind of uh, a little uh, uh, stick uh, to, uh, to uh, get some, uh, some tears. I think it's called a tear stick. Maybe that's, that's the actual uh, name. For yes. It. Um, yes. There's breathing techniques. I think if you, if you do like shallow breathing, uh, your diaphragm kind of starts, uh, starts, remembering because uh, our bodies are our muscle memory and it's all you know kind of chemical reactions that we already used to just like with smiling uh, i've noticed and i've read that when you're sad if you want to take yourself out of that then you it may feel like you're an idiot at the moment but you basically do this yeah and then you hold that <laughs> for about 60 seconds and then um your body remembers because it's a chemical reaction of what happens when you're physically smiling. So same thing with breathing when you're doing, when you do this kind of shallow breathing, it gets your body into it. Like I'm already feeling that I'm not, I'm not there, but I'm closer to it. 
So there are all sorts of techniques that, uh, that you can do that get you there if you know, emotional substitution uh, does not uh, get you there in every day. So, you know, workshops, reading, uh, and just trying, uh, but it's not easy, right? So, you know, what we do as actors is not easy. And this is just another yeah. layer on top of all of that. Yeah, and, and ever evolving. I think so much can be learned from when we were kids and we played fake sick to stay home from school. Yeah. Did you ever, like, I remember faking being sick. Sorry, mom you're watching but uh you know and and after a day of acting sick you didn't you start to feel sick yes yes yeah. it was crazy right and yes. i and i go back to that and then so there's a lot of so many lessons to be learned there but there's some acting lessons to be learned there as well yeah uh because again we and you mentioned the subconscious um in a dream state in a dream state you you can't really tell what's real and what's not real uh when we're really into a show uh, I stopped watching some shows because, not clinically, I wasn't diagnosed with it, but I stopped watching some shows because I was getting to a point where I was getting PTSD. Uh, sure. And I was expecting, you know, lots of shows have this wonderful shot, which just drives me nuts. Of somebody's driving and then boom, uh, you know, their car gets T-boned uh, because they want that shock value. And it's a great shot. It's very cinematic. And after a point, you get to these dramatic shows like Scandal. You know, uh, you get to a point where you're expecting something bad to happen and your body is in this, you know, complete stress mode where I had to withdraw myself from it no matter how much I enjoyed the show because I can't live like that. You know, that's, that's right. not a healthy state to be in. So same thing with this, right? You, you fake something, but your body uh, starts getting you to it because your consciousness in a way projects an image and you're walking towards it. So you're yeah. projecting yourself being sick. Guess what? That's why I always tell my kids like, don't fake being sick, right? If you don't want to, you know, do something, um, tell me about it. We're going to figure it out, but don't program yourself because that programming is going to do its job. It's going to fire at some point. That's great. That's, that's yeah. good advice. Appreciate your care. Yeah, and again, not that I'd never faked, uh, you know, being sick and not going to school because that did happen many times. So, Dad and Mom, if you're watching this, it did <laughs> many times. Yeah, yeah. Um, one more person that I wanted to mention uh, on on doing uh, before we get uh, to our next topic, which is Donald Donald. Now I can't talk. Donald Donald Sutherland. Yes. Um, who is amazing? I. Yes. I'm not sure that there is anything that he has done that I've seen him at that I did not think that that's that caliber of actor that I am aspiring to maybe someday get close enough to. He's yeah. just awesome. What, uh, what was he like uh, to observe and interact with on set? It was mainly observation because I didn't, there's only one scene that I share with him and I don't have dialogue in that. Most of it goes to Edgar, but, um, the one interaction I had with him, and I wasn't going to, you know, hi, I'm Mike. I wasn't going to do that. I, I was, you know, very respectful. And also, um, when you're not in a scene together, there's really, you know, a way for him. But I thought it was actually kind of funny. One of the, the, the things I, I, an indulgence I bought for myself when I got the undo was I bought a very nice leather binder for my script. Okay. It was this, this, this soft leather with, you know, the, the clasp. And I was really, I thought it looked very professional. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
we were shooting the, uh, we had courtroom scenes. So I was actually in those same scenes with him, but we all went back to our chairs and he looked at my leather binder and then he looked at me and he said, all this time I survived with just plastic. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, so, you know, and he, he didn't say my dear boy, but his, he might as well have said my dear boy. Um, so that was my one interaction with, with, with Donald Sutherland. But uh, as far as observation, I, I, uh, it was, he, was, he was great to watch. And, and uh, because I don't have so many scenes with him, there are so many scenes that I'm now seeing in the, uh, in the series that I, I get to watch it along with the rest of the audience. And it's, it's great. He's just so, so wonderful. That's awesome. Um, very, very good. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch. Uh, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Uh, in terms of the the energy of it, but uh, I am intrigued, and I definitely want to watch it. So um, it's definitely intriguing. If anything, it's it's intriguing. Yeah. So again, we're we're gonna put a link uh, below. It just came out uh, uh, October twenty fifth. So uh, everybody, please go and check it out. Um, one role that I really did enjoy you in because I have seen you before uh, numerous times. I loved Limitless. Uh, we're talking ah. Limitless series. Uh, I loved Limitless movie as well, but the series I really enjoyed. I was bummed that it never got picked up for a second season, which is, right. I don't know why. Uh, I, I'm i sure, you know, ratings or something. And uh, I think when it, when it kind of came out, maybe streaming wasn't as big uh, because uh, for whatever reason, it never got picked up by, you know, uh, a streaming service for season two and three, but I loved it. It was it was great fun. I really enjoyed, you know, talking about the energy of the show. I really enjoyed the energy of Limitless, and I thought you were hilarious. Oh, good. Oh, thank you. I was I, I was very much play, I was playing something very close to myself in that one. That's uh, honestly, you know, and this is the first time that uh, that we're speaking. But you know, looking at you and kind of uh, seeing your expressions, that's that's what I see. Uh, I see a lot of, uh, you know, closeness to that character of, uh, you know, Tech, that was the character's name. Yeah. Um, and it's it's great. And then, you know, my brain goes into, but you have to be really serious for some roles. And you, you know, you were a cop uh, up until uh, what, a few months ago? Uh, yeah, just a few, couple months ago. September 1st, that uh, was my first uh, day as a civilian in a long time. Congratulations on, on a long career. And uh, uh, we'll we'll get back to that in a second. But it's like, it was one of those things like, is, is he more that or is he more this? I'm glad to see that, that you're definitely more like the character that I liked on Limitless. It was amazing. They, and they wrote that not really, especially at first, not knowing me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and going, I was the real cop, you know, correcting other people's grammar and, you know, honing, it's, you know, staring at my computer with, and those were my real glasses. And, and uh, yeah, they, they, they wrote that not even knowing who I was, but they got it. They they got it. It was great, uh, and I'm sure you you got ribbing from uh, from your uh, coworkers at that point. But the the Bollywood dancing scene was awesome. Thank you. Yes. I, <laughs> in fact, um, my uh, what my boss he's like whenever I felt like uh, I was feeling a little down or needed to pick me up, I would pull up his Bollywood dancing scene. <laughs> That's great. I love yeah. that. How my, many? My, my coworkers loved that. Yeah. I who wouldn't? I mean, that's it's great. How many takes uh, did you have to go through on that on that scene? Because if it were me on set, I'd want this to be the entire day. It was just so much fun. I that's all I'd want to do. 
I think if I recall it, I think it was the entire day. We, we shot that over a weekend, which we don't normally shoot on weekends. And Saturday was the rehearsal and Sunday was the shoot. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we spent, yeah, we spent the whole day on that. Which, and it's funny because when, when it airs in the episode, it's like 10 seconds. Right. Um, There's an extended cut of it where they show the whole thing. I saw that. But, yeah. But I remember the writers saying that they, they strive for every episode to do something that's never been done on television before. So I think that's where, uh, and I remember reading it because when you read the script, it's just a short paragraph, insert Bollywood dance number, and then bam, you should read the stage directions. Yeah. But uh, I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was, that actually, it was so much fun. Uh, that whole thing was so much fun. I, I miss it. And I really wish it, it continued. It's, you know, there are certain shows, <clears throat> and again, keep with coming back to my energy of the show and the shows that I like, but, you know, Psych is, is that kind of show. Uh, Chuck is that kind of show. Limitless is that kind of show. It just, it has yeah. a, a certain energy and feel to it. It's fun. It's playful. It doesn't take itself seriously, but that it has dramatic moments. It's interesting. There are a lot of things happening that you need to kind of follow. So it's that kind of the show that I really enjoy. Yeah, we were kind of we were kind of bummed, but it just it may, it may just not have been right for you know CBS primetime. It, it might have been originally destined. It would have been better on Netflix originally because it skewed very young. Yeah, you know it was. It's not the NCIS crowd. No, yeah, it's it's a completely different feel. Um, yeah, I, I maybe they'll come back to it because again, I thought they were talking about doing season two, and then Bradley was going to be involved in season two somehow. Uh, at least that's what I read. I don't know if any of that was, was true. Uh, was there talk of Bradley being involved? Well, he was involved from the start. He no, was in, uh, he was, I don't think he was in any of the, uh, any of the scenes, right? So it was, yes, no, he was. Now yeah, I have was, to rewatch it. I don't remember. Yeah, rewatch it. It. He's definitely in the pilot and then he comes back uh, a few times. In fact, I was in an episode where he, uh, he was, I didn't have a scene with him, but he was, he was featured prominently. Yeah, go back and, and catch a couple of that. And it's actually, it's very, he's, he's so good on it. And he's also a producer. He was a producer on it. So, I, But I think he was, there was a, a news article on how um, he himself wanted to, to bring it further and find a new platform for it. Thanks. You know, so, I hope he does. I hope he does. I hope he does, I mean, too. It was, it was a great show. And now I feel like a moron because I didn't remember him being on there. So, Bradley, if you're watching, my apologies. I'm going to go and rewatch it. And now would be a great time because uh, I am, I'm about to finish uh, Queen's uh, Gambit. So, uh, you know, I, I need that to... That looks great. Isn't it awesome? Did you, did no, you watch it yet? I only saw the preview and I'm like, I need to set aside some time to watch this. But it's, it's on my queue. I can't wait. That'll be next. It's great, and it's it's a mini series, so uh, you know it's a limited release. Uh, it's only seven episodes. I'm pretty sure on that. I don't need to look that up. So it's seven episodes. I'm five in, so I have uh, you know two more to go. I invited everybody to come onto my program. One person uh, already agreed, and this was oh, this morning. So I'm going to get to talk about uh, Queen's Gambit, which is amazing. By the way, people check it out if you can. Um, but, you know, I, I need kind of the break because I, I, you know, watched another episode right before I went to bed and then I was dreaming about Chasta whole night. So I, I, need, I, I need something lighter and Limitless would be, uh, would be a perfect uh, thing for that. So I'll go and rewatch Good. it. Good. Um, my number two favorite uh, comedy of all time, Psych is number one. Number two is uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, ah. where, where you get a chance to play. Uh, you were in one episode. But uh, you got uh, you got some fun as uh, Sal, I believe, uh, is Saul. 
Sal? Sal? Sal. Sal, yeah. It's um, New York, Sal. Sal. Um, what was that like? Because again, I know you're, you're a New Yorker. I know, um, you know, you love, uh, you love acting. So being in that environment, uh, and I'll, I'll come back to kind of my experiences in a second, but being in that environment on Mrs. Maisel, what, what was that like? It was fantastic. It, it truly was. And, and, uh, it was such a fun role and I got to, um, interact with all the main characters, including Jane Lynch, who's like walking sunshine. She's amazing. So down, another down to earth. They're all wonderful people, but she was just, she's like walks in the room and you don't need lighting. Um, so it, it was, and also it was like walking into a time capsule because no matter, because we're shooting on the set of a, you know, it's a telethon, as you know, but for the listeners, it's a telethon. So in every, every direction that we're looking, you can't tell our cameras from there. So we really was like walking into a time capsule, the audiences and 1959 attire and and, uh, and the role was just fun. It was a challenge because it was so fast. The dialogue is intentionally because they, they even say that being on television moves pretty fast. So the joke was everything was just so fast. So, but it was, a, that, that was a challenge because mm-hmm. you don't want to screw up lines. No. Um, and I, again, I, Rachel was kind of um, uh, in the pilot, you know, Rachel's uh, ending scene. Um, was kind of as I started really pursuing acting seriously again, uh, because again, it comes in waves and uh, I finally said, okay, I, you know, I'm at a point where I really need to pursue this seriously. And I was literally sweating and thinking, can I ever get to that point where I have to say that amount of lines uh, with that type of, variation where you have to be humorous and dramatic all at the same time am i doing the wrong thing here you know can i get there so it was kind of at that point where i didn't know if i could do that and uh just watching rachel blew my mind so i you know aside from just loving the show as a as a person as an actor it was it was a show that i i had to watch for many many uh beats of it she is incredible. And I actually, there was a funny moment because, you know, I, I, I didn't know that she knew this, but she, uh, we were in the telephone and she just walked up to me and she goes, I hear you're a cop. <laughs> and I was like, I, how did you know that? I didn't know that you knew that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was some, uh, uh, one of the other guys in, the, uh, in that episode, his other half is actually a cop that I work with. Yeah. So that's, that's what started that conversation. Okay. And uh, so normally if I'm not, I don't, I don't offer that information, but um, in that episode, you know, mm-hmm. he, he and I got to talking, so I guess it got around, but I thought it was really cute and funny when she said, I hear you're a cop. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, I love Rachel. Uh, she, you know, she went to, uh, to an acting center, uh, you know, that I studied at. Uh, she, I don't know if she still lives, but she grew up about 20 minutes away from where I live now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, being a cop, I, I wanted to, uh, to come to that because, um, when, you know, as an actor and you started as an actor first, uh, right. your first love was acting and then you went, uh, uh, and you had a career as a police officer, um, which is surprising, right? You, one would think that you start and then you kind of transition doing some, uh, <clears throat> as you said, you know, throwaway, which they're not throwaway. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're good roles. And, uh, we all, you know, kind of, uh, get 
uh, get to do these, uh, you know, uh, it's not a guest star. Now the, my brain is firing in all different directions. It's a uh, co-star. Co-star, right? Co-star, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so you started out as an actor, then you became a police officer, and then you got back into acting. Um, yeah. The question for me is uh, when during the time when you were, again, uh, kind of away from acting and, uh, and having a career as a police officer, when did you say, hey, you know what, I, I kind of need this back into my life and I'm going to do uh, whatever amount of it that I can fit in? When did that happen? It was, um, it was September 11, 2001. Oh. And I, uh, along with so many other people, almost every person, realized the the uh how precious and how fleeting life could be i remember being very grateful to have lived through that time period and saying okay let me let me think of what i need to do in this short life that i have mm-hmm. and um i had always knew that i was going to return to acting mm-hmm. um, but it was it was that was the the inciting incident that that i said oh wait you know let me just work on some some uh, goals and, and try to fulfill those those dreams so it was shortly after 9 11 that I, uh, I returned to acting. Yeah, it's an incredibly traumatic time. Obviously, uh, I think you were a first responder, you know, being in New York, being a New York cop at that time. Um, yeah, I, I can't even imagine what that's like. I know what our experiences were in Chicago, and they were dramatic enough, uh, right. not having anything uh, hit, but just worrying because we lived, uh, I lived in downtown at that time, we lived right next to what used to be the, you know, uh, the Amico building, which is the Aon building, uh, which is, you know, very tall and it's right on the lakefront. Uh, and my wife worked in the Prudential Towers, which is right next to it. So I was driving um, uh, to do a class in the suburbs and then we heard it. We got to a class, obviously class was canceled. And then I remember rushing back downtown to pick up my wife as everybody was going away from downtown because we thought, God forbid, if somebody strikes it, it's you know, Sears Tower, and then right, you know, uh, the second target would be where we live. So right. um, it was <clears throat> incredibly traumatic from from every perspective. I, I can't even understand what it would be like in New York at that time. It was it was awful. I mean, every every moment of it. Um, well, I shouldn't say every moment because so much, in a weird way, there was so much. There was goodness. Mm-hmm. that rose out of it in that we saw the best in humanity and we came together. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was some beautiful moments and uh, you know, it strengthened us and, and uh, you know, unlike the world today, um, we were, we were so united. It was, it was, it was really, you know, living like September 12th. Um, so that was great. And, and, you know, I, and I, I, I'm proud of what, having gone through that and, and emerged as a stronger person. So there, there, there's definitely good things, but it was, it was God awful. Yeah. Um, I, I remember uh, you mentioning on one of your interviews that I've uh, <clears throat> listened to beforehand is that a while after that, maybe five years after that, uh, you realized that you had PTSD. Um, yeah. um, do you still have effects of it? Is that something that uh, that stays, or do you feel okay now? I don't feel okay now. I mean, I, I the uh, the NYPD is wonderful in that they have so many methods 
to treat officers who have emotional issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to, you know, five years later, I was able to say, okay, I need a, I need a timeout. Mm-hmm. And they, there was an organization where they just, they, they pulled you out. I went, you know, intensive therapy for a few months and then, uh, you know, and slowly worked me back in. And, and uh, I, it, it did take me years. And now it's just sort of, uh, I think all of us that were there, um, who were there, have a, you know, it's a, it's a lingering pain, mm-hmm. and it's the the day itself is very somber. And we we quietly now here in 2020, we'll quietly send each other texts, you know, thinking of you today. And mm-hmm. I get a lot of texts in return. But those among my uh, my peers who I shared those moments with, we 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 still connect, and it's still I think it's still very painful. And you know, you look at police officers as and and, and first responders, firemen, and, and EMS, and, and uh, all first responders, you look at them as inhuman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you're asked to be that, you're asked to, to, to shut off all emotionality. Mm-hmm. But when you see it from the inside and you look at cops as, I, 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 because I was a cop, I looked at cops as, as humans. You, you see a side to them that, that no one sees and you see how breakable and how fallible and they bleed, they cry. I've seen cops break down in tears. I've seen uh, you know things that you you would never expect from a police officer, and just just how human they are. So, which is why, you know, my perspective is, is and that of other first responders can be a bit different from the rest of the world who have, you know, one or two either run-ins with with police or or, or global incidents which they think define us, when when in fact they don't. I see a thousand moments per day which I think define us. Uh, listen, I you know I. I'm a white man, so for me to speak uh, with any level of understanding of what you know, other people's experiences may be is is just silly. But me too, me too. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. No. I'm cl- I'm clearly a white man too. So I think right now, people have asked me, especially in some of these interviews, what my feelings are on on the state of 2020 right now, and and my my answer really is that it's my time to to shut my mouth and listen. So I, my perspective is, I, I, I don't have much to say. I'm going to, this is the time I need to listen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, again, I, I certainly had uh, an experience with a police officer that was not great. And the police officer uh, was, you know, lying in essence. Uh, uh, and it was not a great experience, but it didn't color all police officers for me as bad. There are people in all walks of life that we encounter that are good people and there are not good people. I, I don't know why I should judge somebody, you know, uh, if, if I have a bad experience with somebody uh, who is a different color from mine, why does that mean that everybody is the same? It doesn't work like that. It, it, that's a stupid way of looking at it. So um, Very important. I, I tend to look at police officers uh, in a very, very positive light from the perspective of you're literally going out there trying to help people and to make sure that me and my family and everybody around us is safe. Uh, why wouldn't I have anything other than gratitude uh, for it? And I, I can't relate. I can only imagine how difficult it would be because, again, you're like an actor, right? You're putting yourself in a situation where you're dealing constantly with stress. So it is not something that's healthy. It is not something that uh, is easy to do. It's, it's a sacrifice that somebody is making in order to protect others. I, I can't view it in any other way than to say thank you.
So Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I think it's important because we're asked not to stereotype. Um, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, people don't stereotype us. So thank you. I appreciate that. Well, and I'm sure it's easier said than done, right? Uh, in, in any walk of life, you know, we're colored by our experiences. So if somebody keeps having the same experience over and over again, you can ask them all you want not to stereotype, but it's, it's programming and we talked about it. So it's a very complicated issue. Uh, but I, my hope, uh, without judgment or, or, um, anecdotal evidence to the opposite. My, my hope is that people will treat everybody as people, not based on anything else. It's just, we're all people, we're all humans. And let's, let's stay on that base because I think that'll be a way to uh, connect to each other. So absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Um, being, being a cop and playing a cop, uh, from the acting perspective, when I have been taking acting uh, workshops or talking to people who are casting directors or talking to uh, people who are, uh, you know, acting teachers, uh, I hear more than uh, a few times that you, especially for co-star roles, you should play the profession. Now, don't, you know, you're not there to show your enormous range as a performer. You're there to play the profession, right? If you're playing a cop, then, you know, you have your five and under or you have uh, uh, your, your lines, maybe it's a couple of scenes, but play the profession, you know, just, just be you or a believable you in that circumstance. So being somebody who is a police officer that goes to an audition for a police officer as you are starting out, did you find it easier or more difficult? But I generally found it easier. And I knew, I knew that there was a markability in being a cop with a degree in acting. Yeah. Um, so, and I knew that I needed to get credits on my resume and I needed to get into the union. So, I mean, this is very early on. So, and I, I remember thinking that, okay, this is what I bring to the table. This is my packaging. Yeah. So I remember my first headshot looked just like a, a detective and, and, uh, um, I played and I did, you know, a, a, a headshot in uniform. So I gave them that in spades. Mm -hmm. And I remember approaching my first agent saying, this is, I, you know, I'm cop with a degree in acting and I've not had an audition for Law and Order. Yeah. And I wanted to put it into his head thinking, well, I can get you an audition for Law and Order. Right. And that's how I got my first agent. And, and he did. And, and Law and Order is one of the first shows that I booked. So I think... Um, well, actually, it, it, there was a period where I realized, I, I tried to act. Mm. I tried to act at the audition. Yeah. And even though, like I, I've said a few times, my degrees in acting, I studied theater. So it was a, a bit of a tougher transition for me. This kind of goes back to the size of the performance we talked about earlier. I would go into the audition and play to the room. Mm. The body is this way. Um, and, and I realized that, no, the camera's right here. I have to play to the camera. And, and it was a tough, a, wasn't a tough, but there was, there was a, definitely a learning curve there. And it was law and order. And this, this actors might find, this was a learning experience for me. My, uh, my, I auditioned, I think a couple times for law and order, but it, I, I, it was, it was a pre-read, you know, they'll, they'll occasionally do a pre-read. And I sat with uh, Suzanne Ryan, who was casting the, the original law and order at the time. And we were just talking about, you know, life itself and the weather and very conversational the way you and I are speaking right now. And then she said, Oh, and, and what are your lines? And I went from the conversation right into the lines. So 
and I booked that long order because it was it was that is where I made the the connection in my head that this is not acting. This is this is small. It's conversational, mm-hmm. and it's when you go in and you think you're doing a Shakespearean soliloquy yeah. that you, that you don't get it because they don't want they don't want to see that. So it it um, to bring it back to your original question. It took me a bit of an adjustment, but I learned to be real. Good. Yeah. Whether it's as a cop or it's or it's as a human. Right. I mean, you know what I'm saying, or it's just, or, or yeah. any character, I should say. I right? get you. I get you. No, that's that's great. And uh, me, you know, loving martial arts, I have to ask that question. Mm. You know, being a cop, uh, what type of if you're allowed to say that? If you're not, then don't worry about it. But uh, what type of martial arts? were they teaching you because you know it, it's not about kata when you're when you're a cop it's about practical application of it so uh what were they teaching you and uh, you know uh, what did you find useful in in a real scenario well the only thing that martial arts terms came into play was we had something called verbal judo which is and, and that's true it's 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 about de-escalation and it's it's verbal yeah. judo is, is more important than, than real judo yeah. and, and you know and we have tools on our tool belt which didn't involve you know hand-to-hand combat so thankfully you know we learned some self-defense but it was it was verbal judo that that superseded anything it's basically is there anything that i can do or say to get you to comply and that was that was the line that we were taught is there anything I can do or say to get you compliant? It's verbal judo, and 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 what is that response? And then what is your response in return? So, the escalation has been taught for, for for decades, but it's it's a, it's so much more important than real judo. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, the, the the role is to uh, to avoid conflict, not not get into it, of course. Yeah. Um, okay, I got you. You know, so uh, everybody, we should start uh, you know learning as a martial arts. We should start learning uh, de-escalation techniques as well. Uh, which yeah. it's, it's good. I, I always, you know, my son is uh, is 11 years old, and uh, you know, he did a few years of taekwondo, and I really want him to uh, to kind of progress and do other uh, types of martial arts. And he keeps on saying, "Well, I don't want to fight anybody." I said, "That's the point. You know, yeah. the point of taking martial arts is so you don't fight anybody because you realize that you can protect yourself. Again, maybe it's all relative, but it's." you realize just how much damage you can do to somebody and how much damage they can do to you. And you don't want to do that. So it's, it's really that. So, yeah, it's huge. Um, okay. I, I wanted to, uh, to ask you um, in terms of uh, kind of, we, we, we touched on the acting approach. We touched on uh, the different uh, ways that you get uh, kind of um, through the character, right? Uh, what's interesting to me is more on the outside of that. So as a person, right? So everybody has their identification. So you identified yourself as an actor. Then there was a point of your, uh, of your time that you identified yourself as a police officer. You know, where are you? And if somebody asks you to define who you are, where would you be right now? Are you an actor? Are you Mike? Are you a former police officer? Who are you? <laughs> Uh, lately, it's, and it's now, it's for the first time in, in my life, I'm, I'm saying I, I'm an actor. You know, you, you go, you go to the, the, uh, the, the dentist or, you know, uh, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, I'm, an, I'm an actor. But then that also leads into what, what have I seen you on? But um, 
It depends. Maybe I, I, I'm still, I've only been retired two months. And, and also for, I, I didn't always say that I'm a cop. I, it depends the situation I'm in. I, I almost never would say I'm, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, we've learned to say I work for the city or, or I've, you know, we, we, I sell insurance or something like that. Or I actually, I, there were times where I said I'm, I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I have an identity crisis. But uh, it, it's nice to be able to say, you know, I'm an actor. Yeah, because I would imagine that it's it's freeing and it feels good to say that you're an actor. And then to be able to, you know, answer the follow-up of, you know, where have I seen you on? Well, you've seen me on Limitless, you have Mrs. Maisel, and now you see me on HBO. It's It feels great. It does. It, it, it does. I'm, I'm very proud. Good. Well, congratulations. I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very happy for you there. Um, last question for you. If, uh, if you had a chance to kind of go back and uh, talk to a young Mike who is pursuing acting and thinks that he's going to be an actor <clears throat> when you were getting your education and you were able to give one piece of acting advice, what would it be now? Actually, maybe that's where I got the uh, whisper in my ear, but the, uh, the advice that I got was mm-hmm. secure a pension first. <laughs> Good idea then you can go into acting. Yeah. Um, I like it. That's, that's the first time somebody has mentioned that. I like it. Secure a pension first. Not to disillusion anyone, but, but acting even, I, I, it hit me in my, I, I was fortunate to know, to know a lot of people who were actors. And I knew I, I, a Tony winner who couldn't find a job and, and not because he was untalented, quite the opposite. It's just that there's not enough work to go around. And, and, and and oh things open and things close so the stability of that career is from a practical standpoint is is non-existent so um if you can do anything else do it and and if you can find something to do that you can bring to the table and mess the careers do that too yeah very good well uh i would love for you to come back for another episode because we did not get a chance to talk about your music and your singing and uh I have to tell you, by the way, the first time that I listened uh, to your music, I, if I didn't know it was you, Josh Groban immediately came to mind because there is a very similar tonality uh, in your voices. So oh, we, we didn't get a chance to talk about any of that. And I, I know you have an album. I know you have one that's, uh, that's about to come out. So please come back again so we can continue our discussion. Absolutely. I would love to. And thank you very much. It's my pleasure. And thanks to everybody for tuning in into another episode of The Love of Acting. Please go and check out The Undoing. I'm going to go and rewatch Limitless and enjoy your weekend. Take care, everybody.